Well, trying to figure out joy and celebration in a, a year that has sometimes cut that off in a lot of ways, um, it's been quite a exploration because it makes you have to think about why you do things, how you do things, and not just all those logistical pieces, but like purposeful and intentional pieces. And so getting a chance to like talk about celebration like this last weekend to get a chance to talk about it today, I think is is super um, purposeful at this point in time because our celebrations, our, our parties, our, our, our joyous gatherings, like they, they take on a new purpose and a new meaning right now. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to Building Blocks, a seven-part weekly podcast released in conjunction with our Building God's Way teaching series through the book of Nehemiah. Each week, we're going to talk with a member of our staff or leadership team about tools we can use if we're going to build our lives God's way. And today, I'm joined by Pastor Matt Bach, Bridgeway's Director of Christian Development, to talk about the importance of celebration. Man, yeah, it was such a, a great weekend. So much energy. I felt like maybe we should be wearing party hats this morning, Matt. I was like, this is celebrating. Um, but I love a lot of your insight into um, just some of the Old Testament context of celebration. So um, maybe let's start, let's start there. Um, tell us some of some of your insight and your knowledge around that. Yeah, uh, you know, like I think I think there's something about just ancient Near Eastern culture and their appreciation and value of celebration. I mean, we have to remember that they were doing this thousands of years <laughs> before we ever were, and we've brought in so many different elements in our in our lives. And you know, a lot of them are beautiful and wonderful, and and some of them are so far off from. Mm. What um, but even in the context of the book of Nehemiah and what we've been talking about in this series and, and kind of just reflecting on people coming to a place where they're celebrating and they're dedicating, you know, the walls of the city. And and, and I know I know that like one of the things that I always think about is, you know, there, there's a couple factors that happen. One, you have to remember these are exiles that lived for decades in Babylon who was known for its festivals and its parties and its celebrations they would they would uh you know the book of isaiah talks about how they would parade their gods down the streets of the city and have these big massive celebrations and people would be out there and, and the jewish people mm-hmm. would be part of that and you read the book of daniel right and you see so many examples of daniel and them in these feast environments or in with belshazzar you see um, them having these massive feasts or you go to the book of esther and, and you see the same thing it's like these like half a year feasts that have like women's sections and men's sections and they have all the wine and all the food and uh and so you see that like the cultural piece that the jewish people were in when they're in exile like it was surrounded by that but now they've come back into their place and they're trying to re-learn and and re-express purposefully into mm. yahweh to the lord all over yeah. And and I think that's that to me brings on a whole nother dynamic because they they were coming expecting to do something um, new and fresh and yet familiar. And so there are some of them that they probably reckoned back to all the other parties, celebrations, festivals, um, you know, that come up in the scriptures. And those are full with a lot more um, energy and joy and, and bounciness. Um, I, I love when we're in Israel, um, you know, we go, we go on the, the boat across the sea of Galilee. And one of the things we, we do on that boat is we do some scripture reflection. We do think of all the passages of Jesus, but one of the best things to, that we do there is we turn on some music and we dance 
and we dance for the last 30 minutes of the boat ride. And, and it's funny because people will remember that yeah. as much as they will remember looking out across the water and thinking about the passages. And, and it's not that one is more spiritual than others, but it was the purpose of going, we're in a place where God has functioned in power, where our, our Savior lived. And that's a reason to dance and laugh and, and jump. And, and I remember one year, um, and this will lead into what we'll talk about in a little bit, um, we had two-thirds, not two-thirds, uh, 30 of our 50 people get sick that the night before. Oh. Like, like, like stomach sick. And uh, so we had to leave a whole bunch of people behind. And we even had people on the boat that were still a little sick. Like I remember one guy sharing how he got off the boat and like he threw up and then he kept oh. going. <laughs> uh, but, but this, that aspect of, we still did the dancing. We still mm -hmm. had joyous energy, even though that burden was, was hanging over us. So, and then another thing that I think contextually was, is interesting as we start talking about this is that Nehemiah's job when he worked for Darius is he was the bodyguard, the cupbearer. He was a part of all the grandest parties in mm -hmm. Persia and, and Babylon. And, uh, and so here, here's a guy that, you know, may have played a role in how those went. Uh, you know, he may have seen things and said, I like that. I don't like that. But for him to come back and he's let up the building of the walls, but now he's, trying to lead the people with a new purpose yeah. and a new intention. I, I mean, I, I wish we could like get Nehemiah here on this talk and, and go, <laughs> what was the biggest differences that you noted? But I mean, he was trying to access people that, you know, were trying to relearn their faith and relearn yeah. their passion and trying to rekindle that. And, and I think that's a huge challenge, right? Yeah. Anybody that's hosted a party or tried to gather people together, we feel that burden of trying to like kindle energy and spirit because we want like people to enjoy themselves. Uh, yeah. I, I think of weddings as well, like where when you talk with um, couples that are doing counseling, premarital counseling or planning, you know, everybody cares about their guests and their friends and family enjoying themselves and yeah. having a memorable. And, and so like, I think of all those dynamics and I think that brings all of us into going, okay, but what does that look like now? Cause that's, yeah. that's when, what does that look like now for me, for us, um, for my neighbors, my friends? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I think about, you know, there are a lot of us, um, Christ followers today that have no heritage of what it looks like to have a, a biblical celebration, you know, kind of a, a joy-filled moment that is more Christ-focused. I mean, I'm, you know, kind of first-generation Christian, so that wasn't necessarily my model of, of partying. Um, and so I, I do think there is, there's so much learning in this as well. Um, and, and I totally, I think Brian named it, you know, like I totally can have that martyr syndrome, like, no, I need to work harder or I need to be solemn in my following of Jesus. And it's like, no, let's have fun. You know, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Um, and, and learning and leaning into that. Uh, and I think some of the points, I think Brian specifically talked about, um, what is kind of that subtle difference between celebration and partying, um, and, and kind of how do we as Jesus followers kind of understand the difference between the two? 
Um, I wrote down his exact, you know, he says, God gives us the gift of good food, but we turn it into gluttony. God gives us the gift of good drink, but we turn it into drunkenness. God gives us the gift of laughter, but we turn it into kind of vulgar or offensiveness. Um, so, so what are some, some ways that we kind of learn this or relearn this, um, in our own culture? How do we kind of move away from partying and move into celebration? Yeah, it's such a, such a big question and uh, probably bigger than we can answer <laughs> here. But, but I think that's what's good is we're hoping More that- ways. Well, we're hoping that everyone will hear this and go away and keep stirring yeah. on it because God's gonna keep opening up a lot of your ears and eyes because there's a lot of you out there that you have just as much perspective and input and, and reflection. And so that's why we want to hear from you, you know, in some way, shape or form. Uh, you know, I know in the text, I, I was telling Brian and Heather here, uh, I was telling them about like in the text that talks about them celebrating, it doesn't actually use the word celebrate. It uses the word asa is a Hebrew word for to make or, or, or to do. And, mm. and, to prepare. and it, so they were there. They were asa ha hanaka. They, they were making, doing a dedication. And so to me, that became really important because like words matter a lot to me. And so then I was going, okay, their celebration, because that's what the reason they translate it in the English is, yeah. celebration, is because they were, they were deciding to do something purposeful for this dedication. And, and I think that's where, I think that's always the first step for me is the ground level, right? Of like, how do I make anything that I, I want to do with others? How do I make it come around a purpose? Yeah, we have some of those naturally rhythmically in our culture, right? Yeah. Like days, um, like the last big shindig that I feel like I was a I was a part of that we put on was my dad and I. Our birthdays are like three days apart, and so and we're like thirty years apart. And so when I turned forty, he was turning seventy, mm. and so we had a ten birthday like where we combined our ages. That's awesome. We did it here at our house and we invited, you know, people from both of our spheres and, and lives. And there's a lot of overlap. I was there. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, like just taking some of those elements, that that was a purpose, right? We had a, we had an intention of what we were trying to celebrate. Yeah. But I think about how many times I've, I've gone to stuff and I've been a part of, of planning stuff. And I've done this even sometimes as a, as a pastor in the past where you plan an event and you're planning an event just to have an event and mm. wasn't there. And so, um, so there's that element, but I think there, there's a part of going, you know, how do you, how do you recognize that some of the, the, the joyous response to the things you're doing can be part of all of it. So, so how can you acknowledge that the food is good yeah, with, with, without just eating more and more of it? Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. How can you really appreciate a, a glass of something without having to drink more and more of it to show that, right? Yeah. Like, like, how do you how do you do that with the guests and acknowledge the guests and and uh, you know, like, like I think one of the most meaningful parties I was ever at. I'm trying to remember where this was. Was it during the party? Somebody took the time to kind of go around the room, and there wasn't a ton of us, but talk yeah. about their connection with each of us. Mm. And I was like, well, that was cool. <laughs> you know, cause some of it was, I didn't know the other people. So yeah. I didn't know they were connected. Yeah. But tell that that was part of their purpose is they wanted to bless the guest. Yeah. And what are some things that you've, you've seen? 
Well, so many of the things that you talked about reminded me it's, it's a, actually a secular book and I'm only halfway through it, but, but it's called The Art of Gathering. And that was, it, it is about bringing meaning and intention into the times that you're trying to celebrate. Um, and that was, that was their, her biggest point was that there's a purposefulness in which we're creating these environments. Um, it, it, and even without that level of, you, you know, I mean, I think that a lot of joy and celebration just happens in the moment spontaneously. Um, I think as much as we bring intention, it sounds simple, but it's so easy to do. I think a lot of the the crux of celebration for me is in the pause. You know, <laughs> it's like even last night, um, you know, we're, we're getting our house painted and it is chaos at my house right now. And we were frantically, you know, at 10, 11 o'clock at night, pulling pictures off the wall and my daughter's coming home from college. And I mean, it was, it was, it was a hardworking environment <laughs> um, and, and not on my own accord. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit's prompting and, and Brian's message, but <laughs> um, you know, right in the middle of it in the hallway, uh, my two daughters were upstairs uh, kind of enjoying one another, laughing at something they were watching. And I grabbed my husband and I just said, listen for a minute. And it was, it was this beautiful laughter because my daughter's been gone. And I mean, it brings tears to my eyes, but you know, it was like in that moment, in this really stressful, hardworking moment, I paused long enough to receive the joy of the Lord, mm. the gift of laughter that my young adult children were bringing into my home in that, in that time. And I feel like in my flesh, I could have just powered through. I mean, because I was tired, my husband was tired. We had things to do. But I feel like if I can get a hold of that pause, that sense of intentionality, then I feel like, yeah, that does strengthen me to keep going through the hard <laughs> yeah. um, it, and and keeping it, it. It it wasn't like I was like quoting scripture in the moment, like it was just a little tiny smidge of joy, you know, in the midst of a, of a hardworking evening. So I feel like, gosh, if we can multiply that in our environments or in our daily life, um, I think we're, we're really applying this scripture uh, in new ways. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I like that because there's a, there's a mixture of spontaneity that can happen. Yeah. You see that. And then the rhythms that we are building that yeah. sometimes come off of experiences that have happened in that spontaneity. And yeah. going, man, I really love this, that I'm going to try to do this now every time I'm doing this type of celebration. And so, like, I think a lot of us, when we think of our, our regular rhythm, rhythmic celebrations, we think of the standard ones, birthdays, weddings, Christmas, Easter, yeah. Thanksgiving, and traditions that our families have and stuff. Um, yeah. And sometimes, like, like it's it's just finding ways to go, you know, what else becomes something that we all enjoy that's a little different mm. that we did once somewhere and we went, hey, this is like something that's now we're gonna do this as a as a group, as a family, as a as a community, because we really enjoy the what that not only does for the moment of doing something kind of amusing, but also what that tethers us backwards to that we experienced in the past. So I know an example for uh, my family and it's more with Becky's side of the family is years ago, like a long time ago, we all went on a cruise together and, uh, and, and it was fun. We had a good time, but probably the, one of the biggest hits is that we all enjoyed going and, uh, doing the bingo on the boat. Oh. 
And, That's awesome. and, and it's funny because it became like a, it started as just like part of the family, but then all of us were there and we actually all won. Like somebody from our family won every time. Like, so we were like working it on the boat. <laughs> But, but it was a fun memory and stuff like that. Well, what happened is we all came back from that trip and we were like, that was so much fun. Like, like that was fun doing that together. And so yeah. Beth and I ended up getting one of those bingo ball rollers. That's awesome. And, and then almost every major holiday that we spend with the families, usually Christmas, Thanksgiving, we'll play. Like, so everyone will bring a few bucks. Yeah. And I, I always end up being the caller. Um, I've only had one time I'm not. And, uh, you know, and, and it's because like we remember all the things that those those callers, those hosts kind of did because they didn't just call the numbers. They tried to make it more energetic for yeah. everyone. But what's fun is that like we do that and our kids love it now or all of our younger kids um, as well as the older kids. Everyone loves winning money. I mean, let's be honest. And, <laughs> but but I think for some of us, it's always a reckon back to that trip mm. now, that doesn't have like a, a deep spiritual, you know, moment. Yeah. But it has a memorable moment that brings a bond. Yeah. And when we start getting ready to pull that out, it's, it's something that everyone's like, Oh yeah. And then we remember the last times we played. And so it becomes a marker of all these things together. And then our new one is uh, one, one year Becky brought out the, there's a game called left, right center, which is just some dice. Yeah. And one gets three quarters and you go around and you roll and you have to move the quarters around. And again, I mean, you guys probably all think we're gamblers, but it's only a 20 minute thing, but it becomes such an energetic fun, yeah. you know, um, as the people are rolling the dice and, Oh, you lost it. You know, like, yeah. um, but, it, but again, it, it gives uh, an energy and it gives a purpose. And, and I think that's been really good for, especially a culture where, like with our kids, with our families, it's really easy to either just sit around and talk about the stuff going on, which in our present world, like that just becomes heavy. Yeah. Um, but two, it's, you know, you, we live in a culture and a context where it is more normal for all of us to be getting on our phones and mm -hmm. even, even having those moments that sometimes can be fun where we're all yeah. sharing, oh, have you seen this YouTube video? And, yeah. uh, and, and there's some, there's some refreshment in that, but to do something else that uses our hands, our voices, our ears. And what I like about both those games with our families is it gets like, especially left, right, center, people like stand up. It gets us up and moving. Yeah. And there's this like adrenaline that starts coming in. Now, like how do we do that in a context that gets us to, to praise and to, and to dedicate those times to the Lord. That, that's to me the the chasm that that you know we're always trying to figure out how to jump. Yeah. And it's not that we have to be like awkwardly spiritual, but yeah. try to help everyone there reflect backwards to how has this bonded us before and to yeah. reflect how is this refreshing to us now. But but I think this leads to a great kind of final question. I don't know if this is where you wanted to go or not. <laughs> uh, which is uh, well, actually, I just lost the question. It <laughs> it was there, and then I it went away. That's so, okay. That's you okay. Have the question. Yeah. Well, it, it it makes me think of two things. One um, is as you were talking, I'm thinking the the memory attached to the family moment is this that translates to me in my spiritual life in 
what are the moments that I'm spending with God? Are they all hard work and devotion and scripture memory and learning? Or am I balancing those with joy and worship and, you know, kind of Sabbath and rest, you know, because I, I feel like what are my memories tied to my time with the father? And when those memories are equal, you know, love and devotion, joy and sacrifice, then it's so much easier to, to have the joy of the Lord as my strength and to have that fuller picture of who he is and enjoying um, my relationship with him. So it made me think of that. Um, And then I also, uh, gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner, but um, as an 18 year old um, non-believer, one of the things that attracted me to Christianity was the how honestly how this group, this young life group knew how to have fun without alcohol. And that was what attracted me. Um, and I just love that around that picture that 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 Pastor Brian created this weekend was if we can get better at this, right? If we could be joy-filled people, that's contagious <laughs> um, because the world doesn't know how to do that. Um, and uh, and what a beautiful what a beautiful witness that would be, um, especially coming out of the year that we've had, um, because joy is contagious. Uh, so it's so fun. This might be a good place to end us. Um, Although I, I feel like I do you have any last like tips I, of how to have daily joy celebration. Well, I had one more thought just off of what you just said. It, and that was more like, I think when we're talking about the question that you had said with the difference between partying and celebration mm-hmm. and your experience with seeing young life, being able to do that. Like, like I think the, the art form that we're all having to learn is how do you, how do you celebrate and how do you bring in pieces that are part of our world and culture, but not allow those to become the the only medium? And, and, and what I mean by that is that sometimes we see what so many other good parties look like that mm-hmm. don't have a purpose and that don't tether us back to some of these meaningful pieces, but we like those elements. And so we yeah. bring them in and then something gets lost. Like right, when I worked in New Zealand, um, the Easter camp we would go to, they struggled with this. Like they wanted to create a fun, engaging environment for teens in the South Island of New Zealand that could come and that way they could encounter Christ. There were some excellent things they brought in. There were some really fun traditions that we did at these Easter camps um, that all these different churches, it was like 3,500 students and adults from all over the South Island. It was really special. But one of the things that they did is they kind of crossed that line and they started a rave tent (laughs) <laughs> where it was the and like the light <laughs> and, the, and you go in there and it's this sweaty mess. <laughs> and I remember like as a pastor going, okay, I was trying to like talk with the Lord on, okay, Lord, like what parts of what are we doing at this camp are, are celebrating and showing students that we can have fun. And what parts are we just, um, there's a term in, in biblical studies called syncretizing, like that we're just trying to blend in the other elements of the, the worldly culture and make it make our Christian culture feel like it. And mm-hmm. it's, that's where you have to, you have to have some discernment yeah, um, figuring that out. But I don't think it's as hard. Like I think the pendulum has gone one way in the past with fundamentalism where it's like no fun, nothing yeah. 
associated with fun. If you're laughing, you are not spiritual. <laughs> and then the flip side where people are basically doing the same exact things that they see in the culture, but it's just Christians doing it. But then they slide into those things that Pastor Brian talked about. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a, I think that's a good challenge and, and, and invitation for us to, to just keep learning and trying and growing, um, not taking ourselves too seriously and, um, and really <laughs> allowing the joy of the Lord to be our strength. So um, thanks, Pastor Matt, for this conversation. Um, thanks to our audio engineer, Lucian Hughes. And we have one more episode of Building Blocks next week. So thanks, everybody. Party hard. Party hard.